0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, it's that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead.
1: This is America Out Loud Talk Radio, The Pulse, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough with
0: this is Malcolm Out Loud here. What a great voice you have, Dr. McCullough, I gotta tell you. Huh?
1: Well, it's developing over time, Malcolm. I tell you, it's a, <laughs> it's a work in progress. You know, I have a quick update. I've received some calls on this topic and I did appear on uh, Fox News. It really, at the first day it came out and, and it turned out that my interpretation was correct. And this is concerning the pediatric hepatitis outbreaks, which are sporadic across the world. And I wanted to update our listeners with a paper from Dr. Peter Broden and Dr. Moshi Arditi, and they are from the Imperial College of London and Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, California. And the title of the paper, which appeared in Lancet Gastroenterology, uh, the title of the paper is Severe Acute Hepatitis in Children Investigate SARS-CoV-2 Super Antigens. And what they have deduced from... Uh, The reports all over the world, uh, and they specifically have the data in the UK, 72% of children with severe acute hepatitis in the UK who are tested for an adenovirus indeed had uh, adenovirus 41F detected, and it was uh, superimposed on top of SARS-CoV-2. So this is very important. The children are getting exposed to COVID-19, whether it's symptomatic or subclinical or potentially even through shedding from uh, adults around them. But they're getting some, in a sense, SARS-CoV-2 superantigens, And then this relatively ubiqu- ubiquitous, uh, innocuous adenovirus is precipitating a pretty significant hepatitis. Some of these kids have required transplantation. There's been some fatal cases. And so we're going to follow this story closely. Uh, right now, there are no solutions for this outside of supportive care. Uh, but many are concerned that uh, we can't seem to get this isolated, predicted, or get it under control.
0: So this is the product of the kids taking the vaccines, correct?
1: No, I mean, most of the kids in these uh, reports have not taken the vaccine. So they, right. uh, the, the concern is clearly if a child took a vaccine, oh, my gosh, we're in trouble. We're going to talk about that later on in the program. But these are children who probably had exposure to it. the respiratory illness or were around parents who are vaccinated.
0: Yeah. You know, there's a couple of uh, um, uh, points today. Uh, the confusion with people uh, with symptoms, whether you have long COVID or vaccine. In other words, there's so much injury from this, Dr. McCullough, that people sometimes you don't even know where the injuries coming from, whether it was the vaccine or whether it was the COVID, long COVID. You know what I mean? I can
1: uh, tell you the majority of people in my clinic who have uh, had some type of injury syndrome have had both the COVID-19 respiratory illness and the vaccines. I mean, it's it's because the overlap, we're about 80% of Americans have taken uh, one or more shots. And we've had about half of Americans have had the respiratory illness.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Uh, there's So what we're going to do is go through a series of news stories right now, and then we'll get to questions. And we've got a f- fully packed hour here on America lot Pulse. Now, l- l- here's some top stories, uh, Dr. McCullough, just from today itself. Uh, it, now, this this report was blown out on every news organization that I could possibly see. Uh, in of course, huge headline. One million in U.S. have died of COVID in grim pandemic marker. Uh, and so the report is at least a million people in the U.S. have died from COVID-19, according to the tally, almost two and a half years into a pandemic that continues to kill hundreds of Americans every day. The death total was marked by John Hopkins University, uh, and they've been tracking the data, of course. So about 15 million deaths have been attributed to the pandemic across the globe, their suggestion here. Uh, The World Health Organization says. So the thing is, when I see those reports about one million in the U.S., the way my mind works, Dr. McCullough, the, the caveat for me personally is, I just think it's rubbish I because I don't believe a million people died from COVID. I don't I don't buy that. I think that because I think there was a lot of falsification on the death certificates, there was a lot of funny business going with people being paid uh, and the, the remuneration of that through the hospitals. So I don't think it's a million people. I'm sorry. I think a lot of people died from a lot of other stuff and they got money from COVID. Now, correct me on that.
1: Well, they're unadjudicated deaths, meaning that uh, there was a whole series of incentives where COVID-19 moved up either as the primary cause of death or a contributory. We do know from uh, CDC statements that 90% had at least one other significant contributing condition and that 75% had four or more exactly. contributing conditions. But to be fair, uh, one could say that, listen, if COVID-19 didn't occur, mm-hmm. uh, not all of these deaths would have happened, and. I recently in our book uh, that's just been released, Courage to Face COVID-19, I did a calculation based on my U.S. Senate testimony, November of 2020, Texas Senate testimony, March of 2021, and then U.S. Senate again in January 2022 at those inflection points. Based on what I stated and what we knew in the peer-reviewed literature, because there was a learning curve on how to treat it, if we would have had fully deployed early treatment programs in the United States, we could have saved two-thirds of those lives lost.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind, not a doubt in my mind. I keep looking back and seeing the lives that were lost. It makes me sick, actually, You know, uh, to think what took place here. If we would have just done some simple things back then at the early part of the pandemic, this number would be nowhere near what it is. Uh, It's just, I'm convinced of that for sure. Uh, You see this other news report today, this was the FDA authorizing the COVID booster shots for, and now get a load of this. This is like a, I mean, it's an oxymoron headline, first of all, FDA authorizes COVID booster shot for healthy children, why the hell would you give a COVID booster shot to a healthy child to begin with is what I asked myself anyways. Anyways, ages 5 to 11, as infections once again creep upward, CBS News says. As this is the 5 to 11-year-old bracket, and, and the the, uh, the FDA is authorizing, now opens a third shot of Pfizer vaccine to elementary kids as well. Uh, what do you think of this? Yeah, I know we talk about it a lot, but I mean, this is the wrong move, isn't it? The...
1: Data that they relied on uh, were what's called immunobridging study of 67 patients, uh, where there really is no clinical correlate to looking at these antibodies. And um, in these 67 uh, patients who had received a booster seven to nine months after completing a two-dose primary, uh, there's no clinical uh, outcomes to t- talk about. So it's simply boosting antibodies. Now, the antibodies uh, are targeted towards the original Wuhan strain, so probably miss the current Omicron strain. Now, separately, the FDA evaluated safety in 400 children who had received a booster dose at least five months after completing the two-dose primary series, uh, but there's no long-term data on safety. So this is concerning that boosters have just been passed forward really now without any scientific evidence of clinical benefit, none whatsoever.
0: But what parent would give their healthy kid a COVID booster? Would you do it?
1: No, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think it's safe. If you take a healthy child and then every six months, give them an injection of genetic code for the foreign Wuhan spike protein that was devised in a biosafety lab for in Wuhan, China. It's the most diabolic thing you could ever think of. The child cannot be made healthier. It's impossible. Every six months injections of foreign genetic material and the deposition of this uh, potentially lethal spike protein will only be disease promoting in the children it can only promote disease and it cannot make them healthier
0: yeah thank you for sharing that and and my friends out there our listeners that you need to hear this and let people know i mean i just the headline itself grabbed me i mean why would you give this to a healthy kid look at the look at the downside that dr McCullough shares right there it's crazy here's another story that really really aggravated me Uh, And let me share it with you here, because here's what I'm wondering. This story next, right? I'm just thinking here ahead, How much of this story could be multiplied, like with other vaccine makers? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. So this one here was COVID-19 vaccine producer hid evidence of problems. This was a report put out. So let me just read this to you. Executives at a company produced millions of COVID-19 vaccine doses attempted to hide evidence that some of the doses were contaminated, according to a congressional report released on May 10th. You know, the name of the firm is Emergent Biosolutions. And they took repeated steps to conceal its quality failures from the federal government and other third parties by limited access to Bayview, tampering with drug substance labels to impede the FDA oversight and strategizing and to withhold information from HHS following the cross-contamination event. Uh, This is a report now from the House Oversight Committee. This is a big deal. So the FDA and its parent agency, the Department of Health and Human Services, identified deficiencies in the manufacturing process as Emergence Baltimore-Maryland Facility, known as Bayview. And in early 21, Johnson & Johnson announced that up to 15 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccines to the facility were contaminated. And documents obtained by the committee showed that emergent rejected requests from Johnson & Johnson to visit the site around that time ahead of the follow-up with the FDA. So here's what I'm wondering, Dr. McCullough. That's the short summary of this story. There was also, by the way, AstraZeneca, there were some problems there as well with that. So I'm just wondering, like, you see a report like that, and you see a cover-up, and you see the contamination, do you see where my my mind goes now? Like with all these other problems of vaccines, could this be, I I mean, I don't know. Could this be other problems that are out there? Because there's a lot of cover-up happening. These people are making billions of dollars. Everybody's being paid off. It's a shuffle of money. Am I wrong to be suspicious?
1: We should be suspicious. I'm just pulling up on Reuters. Moderna recalls thousands of COVID-19 vaccine doses from Europe, uh, citing that uh, the manufacturer Rovi, which is another contract manufacturer, uh, had left um, debris in there. They had actually found a foreign body in one of the vials. This is called GCP or good uh, a clinical practice, good manufacturing quality. And because they're emergency use authorized Uh, They are not going through the standard uh, good clinical inspections. So both Pfizer and Moderna have had large recalls because of debris and other matters uh, matter in the vaccines. I think it's very concerning.
0: Yeah. You see what we're uncovering here. And that's why I bring that story to light for listeners to see how egregious this all is. I mean, it it really makes me sick to think of how many people uh, unsuspectingly took a product that uh, was never going to help them, but would hurt them and do the opposite. And then we get all these messages and stories. And I'm just wondering how much there really is out there of nefarious means uh, that uh, have hurt people. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't touch a vaccine at this point if you paid me and strapped a $1,000 bill around it. Uh, no, thank you very much. Not not interested.
1: Malcolm, you know, we've had about 80% of Americans take these products. And I think so many of them did it uncritically. They didn't ask what's in them. Uh, they didn't understand. They trusted. Or they trusted. Asked, yeah, they didn't know it was the genetic code for a potentially lethal protein out of a biosecurity lab in, in Wuhan, China. The whole thought of this, and 80% of Americans have taken it really without question.
0: They didn't think the government was going to let them down. They didn't think these agencies would let them down. They didn't think humanity would do such a thing. That's the problem, Dr. McCullough. And it, like I said, it makes me sick. And we don't even know the fallout of this. We said this a year and a half ago, you and I did. And we still don't know today what the fallout is. Two big things are going to be happening in the future. Vaccine injuries, we're going to be talking about this for years to come, and long COVID. Those are the two products. Those are the two big problems that we're going to be dealing with in the years ahead, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. Malcolm, my clinic is overwhelmed with both of those. I have to tell you, I saw African-American woman now twice. She comes from out of town to see me. She took Moderna last March of 2021, and you know she still has smoldering myocarditis on her MRI. Thirteen months later, there's still ongoing heart damage.
0: Yeah, yeah. These people are—they're not getting over these things. I'm seeing all the emails that come in here, and it's—it's it's evil. It's ill. It's satanist. Uh, it's the worst possible thing. This last really, really fast story here. And we get to the questions here. Um, this was interesting from the White House here. You can. Uh, this was today again. You can get eight more COVID uh, nineteen test kits mailed to your door for free. Here's how. Uh, the White House announced on Monday that eight more COVID nineteen test kits are now available to U.S. households at no charge as part of the government program that delivers at home antigen tests through the mail. And the latest batch follows two previous rounds, bringing the total number of free kits to 16 per household. Like, so here's my question. I've never taken one of the, I don't take these tests. Like, why are people taking these? Is this necessary? I mean, these free kits, is it a good thing? Maybe I'm missing out I mean, do I need to know that I've got something going on? I already had the thing, I'm really not worried about anything. Out, other than the stock market and uh, nothing else has really got me in fear what do you think dr McCullough uh,
1: well you know I can tell you that if one's already been through it like you and d have been Malcolm you know you have a protection from severe outcomes even if you had a mild form of it later on it's indistinguishable from a common cold uh, you know I'm not testing myself I've had common colds my wife just had a common cold uh, but I'd say this if someone had severe heart or lung disease heart failure emphysema they're on oxygen, they haven't, had, they haven't had COVID yet, they may want to get a, a few test kits because for them, it could be meaningful. But for the rest of America who have already been through COVID, they need to move on and, and leave these tests for someone else who needs them.
0: Okay, well, that's why I wanted you to uh, let listeners know the value of it and you hit it perfectly as you always do, uh, my friend. So, all right, this uh, first one here is from Lydia. Let's get into a few of these. This is a couple of these I have found an interest in when I mentioned long COVID or vaccine. So Lydia says, Has a study been done on folks who had COVID prior to vaccine becoming available? uh, Took the vaccine and had an adverse reaction to it. She says, I had COVID the first week of uh, February, 2020. I had vertigo, blisters, lungs, dry cough, horrendous headaches, Felt like critics were, critters were inside my head. Ringing in the ear, intense fatigue, fever. Uh, stop there a moment. You know, I read her symptoms that she lays out there. And I remember having had COVID myself. And I can relate to some of the things she's saying. No matter how tough you think you are, it definitely impacts you. And of course, you went through it as well, Peter. So you know what I'm talking about here. Um, but you can appreciate those kind of symptoms. It's a serious thing here. I don't make light of it, people. I'm not making light of it ever. Uh, believe me. Uh, just that we catch it early with early treatment and we do the things we can so we don't end up with in a problem state. you know, Symptoms subsided and gone by September. Moderna injection in May 21 and June 21 had bad reaction to first shot injection site, enti- entire upper arm, beat red and heart as a rock. Told the nurse in the pharmacy my experience when I went back for the second dose in June. Why would you go back for any dose with all that happened? I don't even understand this, Lydia. Uh, was told not to worry. I mean, well, that's good for the pharmacist to say, but what the hell, she's not the patient. Uh, I, this stuff irritates. Since July 21, lung infection, uh, blood pressure, uh, joint pain, insomnia, every month, something new. Now dealing with swollen, right leg. It's 10 months after second dose, still hurt. And how does one know? Here, here, Here's the drum roll. How does one know if these injuries are from long COVID or the vaccine? She's got so much going on here.
1: The answer is probably both. Uh, you know, one of the longest standing citations on our site is the One about uh, getting vaccine injuries after already having COVID. So you shouldn't take the vaccine, but people are forced into it. Raw, Kramer, and Methudius showed higher rates of side effects. For this particular case, I'd be worried about a blood clot in the leg, uh, especially unilateral swelling. So we'd want to make sure we get an ultrasound, rule out a blood clot. But there's no doubt that this is the superimposed effect of the vaccines. You know, my co-author of my new book, uh, John Leake, has a vignette. His old girlfriend in Europe, listen to this, Malcolm, she takes the vaccine Shot one, shot two, there's such swollen lymph nodes in her arm and her, her axilla and her neck. Her whole face becomes disordered with this lymphomatous reaction. It crushes the arterial supply to her brain and she has a stroke. A young woman has a stroke. She sees doctors all over Europe and in um, the UK, including St. Mary's Hospital in London. And the doctors are all completely... Uh, baffled on what she has. They tell her, listen, we have no idea what you have. We have no idea. No, never seen this. No idea whatsoever. But they are all universally certain on one conclusion that it's not due to the vaccine.
0: Isn't that remarkable? I mean, isn't that remarkable? How I mean, how politically charged is this stuff? Right.
1: I saw a patient this week, she's seen 17 doctors for a neurologic syndrome that developed after taking the vaccine, 17 doctors, including Mayo Clinic, and they, none of them know what she has, it's just a complete mystery, but they are all absolutely certain that it's not due to the vaccine, so they don't know what she has but they are certain it's not due to the vaccine. You know what I think this is, Malcolm? The majority of these doctors took the vaccine themselves. And I think they psychologically are having the hardest time coming to reckon what could be happening in their bodies.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like we're living in an, an alternate universe somewhere, uh, really truthfully. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I've run into it myself, my wife and I, as I told you before, uh, with the doctors, they get nasty. They get in your face. And I basically tell them what avenue to get off the highway, because, as you know, (laughs) uh, I'm like your wife. I will tell them what avenue to get off the highway. I mean, protocol goes out the window when you step on my toes. I'm going to yell back. What the hell? Uh, But they insult you and they insult my wife and, you know, they they, they damn you down together. We're not getting your vaccine. So whatever, push it up your backside. We're not, it's not happening. So, well, then you don't have any reason to come back here. Well, did they actually say that to you? They did. you don't have any reason. They throw you out of their office, basically. Have you seen anything so stupid in your life?
1: Well, well I think it's important to not make a broad proclamation. Don't, don't say, you know, I don't think they're safe or safe for anybody what have you. I think as a patient, when you can say is, listen, I've you know, reviewed things carefully and I don't think they're safe enough for me. You know, I'm not comfortable for me. So just personalize it. And then you could tell the doctor, listen, you know, it may be safe enough for you, doctor. You know, you can take a couple extra injections for me, but it's not safe for me. Amen. And it's really hard for someone to overcome that.
0: Well, you're you're that's a great sales approach, actually. You're you're playing. That's a good thing to say because you're you're taking the fight away. You you take the objection away, and you make it personal about that. It's just not safe. For, I can't do this right. That's it. But some of these doctors don't take that. Still, they keep pushing. But anyways, let me remind folks to that book that Doctor McCullough is talking about right now. Uh, we had John leak on. La- if you missed it last week on this program on America Out Loud Pulse. And we did a show. The, cor- uh, the book, first of all, is "The Courage to Face COVID 19 uh, And we did all your questions. And we had John and John is so well spoken, uh, remarkable, um, best selling author really. And um, so that book is available in the America Out Loud bookstore. It's on Amazon, of course, anywhere you can find it. And it's on the front page of America Out Loud, and you'll see it right there if you go on the right sidebar, part way down. That book is right there, and you can purchase it easy enough. Uh, one, two, three, and you're in. Uh, and by the way. I'm just as you hear this now on Wednesday, um I just put out a a, a tweet uh, last um, uh, late yesterday, uh, and it'll be on Dr. McCullough's feed as well about that book and about um, the show we did last week, uh, Q and A twenty three on the courage to face COVID nineteen. Listen to that show, with John Leake was terrific. And I got to take a second to invite you because I I, I got to do it. I got to do it uh, next weekend to Viewpoint this Sunday. Uh, we uh, John Leake will be on the program, and uh, our dear brother Peter here, Dr. Peter McCullough, will be there as well on Viewpoint this Sunday. You're Here at ten a.m. in the morning, six p.m. late in the day. Hey, listen, we got to cross pollinate. We got to uh, we got to self promote. This stuff, right? I mean, that's
1: what we do. So, (laughs) I tell you what, you know, Leek is uh tremendous. Uh, Some people think he's the most interesting man in the world. He, his first uh, books were even um, more than
0: me, you mean? Even more than me, I have to tell you.
1: His first books, Out of Hades and then Too Cold for Too Long, they won so many different accolades and book awards across Europe. He lived in Vienna at the time. Now, our book, Malcolm, has already hit the top new release in uh, viral diseases, communicable diseases, and crime. And uh, it's absolutely skyrocketing in terms of sales uh, because I, what Leek does is he writes in a narrative. And he what he tells us is people un, read and understand in stories. And instead, you know, doctors, we've been presenting data for two years and we haven't gotten anywhere. And people actually want a story, an interpretable story.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when we came on today, uh, we talked about the interview we will do for Sunday, and I'd said it's the crime of the century. And it, just to be real, Dr. McCullough, said, no, no, it's the crime of all time. Right? Is that what you said? Right?
1: You know, it's, it's very possibly the crime of all time. I mean, just think, we, we, it, by fair estimates, uh, two thirds of a million Americans died unnecessarily. That's just with the suppression of treatment. Can you imagine when we get into how big the vaccine and the swath of death and injuries after the vaccine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's sinful. It's, it's sinful what's happened here. It's a moment in time, is all I can say to you here. This next one's from uh, Connie. Uh, we are in our sixties with comorbidities. My husband is post SCT stem cell transplant and unvaccinated, and I am auto autoimmune. Uh, we currently take ivermectin once a week with with quercetin and zinc and other immune support. Uh, Does it benefit to take ivermectin more than once a week as a prophylactic? Uh, We're going to try to fly to visit the grandkids for the first time in over two years. Is there anything else we can do to protect ourselves? Do you recommend using the Cofix RX as well? Uh, Connie is asking.
1: Yeah, well, I definitely recommend using a a nasal virucidal preventive therapy. Now, Cofix RX, a little different than the nasal washes, is oriented towards prevention because it has uh, a formulation which allows the iodine, in a sense, to kind of stay up in the sinuses and defend it against SARS-CoV-2, and uh, comes in a handy travel size um, that you can take. It'll get through any airport security. So they definitely need COFREX-RX. Now, the two oral prophylactic regimens are ivermectin every five days for ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine every uh, week. Uh, two, you know, two tablets every week, one tablet twice a day, one day a week. For the uh, chronic autoimmune syndromes, I almost always use hydroxychloroquine because it already has a beneficial effect for rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's syndrome, et cetera. So for those, those with autoimmune syndromes, it's hydroxychloroquine. Otherwise, ivermectin, Uh, once every five days is reasonable. Remember, just because someone's immunocompromised doesn't mean they're necessarily at higher risk for COVID because COVID actually is a hyperimmune state that causes a lung injury. It's called cytokine storm. I recently had a kidney transplant patient who's on immunosuppressives have COVID. It's very mild because he's already on immunosuppressives. Remember, we use steroids, which are immunosuppressives to treat COVID. So um, I don't want this couple to be in fear. I think they should be able to travel use ivermectin every five days, hydroxy once a week, and then cofix Rx.
0: Very good. Connie, that, you just got some great insight and information. you you got your blessings from Dr. McCullough. I just learned a few things myself. I'm sure everybody did. Uh, I did, so let me ask you now. Uh, well, first of all, let me say this. Uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna stay right with you right now, friends. I'm not gonna um, uh, exit for a break right now. Uh, we'll take one a little bit later on the program, but let me just tell you the cofix Rx, which is one of our strategic partners, that Dr. McCullough mentioned, and Connie was asking right there. Um, everybody in your family, your loved ones, should have a bottle of this. Let me be clear. It's a personal bottle because it goes in your nasal cavity there. So, you, you know, you, you don't want to be spreading this sharing the bottles, of course. But it's just that important that you want to have this around. And uh, there's a whole lot of information you can get on the website as well, Rx. Uh, dot, dot com uh, forward slash out loud, or that even simpler, just click the banner ad back at loud.com for cofix rx. All our listeners get 20% off those orders. So it's worth clicking the banner ad uh, to get the 20% off for sure of cofix rx. But I think everybody in the family should have these, these, uh, th- this product, the nasal thing. And I think this is gonna be the wave of the future. I'm absolutely 1 million percent convinced of it. Just like we wash our hands and wash our, our bodies, we're gonna wash our nose now. And had we done that in the early seventh pandemic, lives would have been saved here. There's no doubt about it. Um, so Dr. McCullough, in regards to, w- one thing I wanna say now, in regards to this HCQ and ivermectin, in regards to what you answered with Connie, and I'm just wondering here, I, I I just want to understand for listeners here the real value of taking that prophylactically because I've, I've heard different mixed things about it. Some say okay, some say if you want to or you don't really necessary. Compare that for me. And I don't know if you can do this or not, but compare that to me if you will. Is that something? Because I don't take those prophylactically at all. And I don't know if you do or other people do, but is that really a thing that we should be doing? Or and it's a perfect time to say healthy cell for long COVID with the microgels and all of that. I mean, I'm tra- we're talking about an immune system here. What do you what do you recommend really? Both, one or the other? What's the right way to do it?
1: Well, you know, remember that this was an elderly couple who who had some medical problems, That's
0: and ha- sure. they true.
1: haven't previously had COVID. So again, if, if you're older and susceptible, and you haven't had COVID, okay, I think, I think you do have to be ready uh, and either take. So it there's with- no
0: harm in taking those products, the HCQ or the ivermectin. You're saying, if you no, not,
1: not prophylactic. If they're going to travel, I mean, still a lot of cases occur during travel. Uh, I recently had somebody in my family who had not had COVID. He had actually been quadruple vaxxed, Malcolm, oh goes to God. Europe. He goes to Europe. Within three days, gets COVID. They pull him off a cruise boat going in Germany, into Cologne, Germany, and he uh, gets put in a COVID hotel. They strip everything away from him uh, so he doesn't have any any way to treat himself. And then he gets worse, and then he gets slammed in a German hospital. Thankfully, he's in good shape, and he uh, survived. But let me tell you what. I, I think you do need to, to, to carry some protection. And whether you go into a prophylactic mode in high-risk uh, seniors, it's either hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. Or what I tell most people is just do the nasal spray prophylactically uh, once or twice a day and then save your ammo with these drugs if you really do get the illness.
0: Yeah, thank you for qualifying that. Again, I appreciate, you're right with the way you qualified that question. That just says, this, uh, you're obviously listening really good to the question, you're right. Connie did say those things uh, with the question and that would be the qualifying factor for taking it prophylactically. But as a whole, for the rest of us that have an immune system that, that is good, we don't have those issues and so on and so forth, uh, we, we don't necessarily have to take that prophylactically, right?
1: No, not at all. For you, uh, you, know, you wouldn't take it. Dee wouldn't take it. Myself and my wife wouldn't
0: take right. it. Right. So, but the thing we do take is healthy cell, which enters in that part of the equation, which is uh, which is really uh, another great partner here we we have is a healthy cell. I, I, I take the Immune Super Boost every day. I take the Focus and Recall every day. I also take their AMPM product, which are two pills in the morning, two at night. Most of their products, micro gel, and it's easy to take out of that little package. Now, I, I put mine in water, Dr. McCart. Do you, do you take it right out of the package into your mouth or do you put it in water? on water? And I never asked you.
1: I that. take it right out of the, the package. It's almost like, uh, you know, I use the example of, you're going to go run a 10 K race. So, uh, I'm probably going to, after the show, I'm going to go run a few miles and I'll just pop one almost like you're going to do before a 5k race.
0: Yeah. Do you run or do you walk when you go out and exercise? I run. Do you run fast or jog? Jog. I,
1: I jog and then I try to pick it up uh, at least at one point. In time. Now I, thought,
0: but, I thought walking was healthier for you than running. Hold on a minute here. Now you're the doctor. I'm just, I'm just asking here, but you know, is that not true or is it? Yeah, you
1: know, I think for, for each your own uh, form of exercise, walking is uh, easier on the joints, but uh, some people like myself, you know, I, I have pain-free running and uh, running is, is efficient Uh, it's not as social as walking. I mean, I probably split it up. I went on a walk the other night with my wife um, where you can obviously talk and take the dog out, what have you. But um, I think each person, you know, the the best, if you could do it, would just have pulses of activity. If you walked and you said, okay, I'm going to go run for five houses, then walk again. You know, that would be the best. The human body seems to like these pulses of activity, like our show at five pulse.
0: That's exactly I like our show at five. It is the pulse of life. You're right, brother, and it is good to get out. I, I walk every day, and as you know, I tell listeners that every day here, and uh, it's, it's important to do that. Um, I the kinds of partnerships we have here are very, very important, friends, and we're very careful about who we bring on in partner with. Believe me, uh, because we want to be able to bring value to people's lives in ways that that make sense and that enhance our lives, not just that. Whatever you know, or so. Healthy cell is one of those products. CoFix RXs as well. All the products we have on there. Healthy cell twenty percent off the first order. Healthycell.com forward slash Out Loud is the message there, and the banner ads back at America Out Loud also are uh, easy to access. That. Now, these are people who really care too. All of these companies, they're remarkable. I'm so thrilled with the people behind these companies. They're, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but they're just real, real uh, people, and uh, it's important to uh, to say that to you. They care about people, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know. Uh, this next one kind of plays into what I just talked about. It's from Lisa. And, and listen, she says, hi, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. We are so grateful for the both of you. We are wondering with the uptick in cases, we live in a county with medium risk. If we should restart ivermectin once a week, uh, is, is this, this current variant still like a cold for the high risk uh, COVID naive, uh, no COVID, no vax? And lastly, is there a time where we should wear a mask other than when someone is obviously sick, like church services, shopping, et cetera? Um, what do you think?
1: Cases are on the rise. I do think for high-risk seniors, if they wanted to get back into a once-weekly hydroxychloroquine, once-every-five-day ivermectin, you know, one, of the, one of the other program, I think it's reasonable. They clearly should be using uh, prophylactic uh, nasal sprays. We've gone over this, Cofix RX. And, uh, you know, in those are, you know, days when they have contact, you're going to go to church or go out to a shopping mall. I'm really wary of public restrooms. I have to tell you, Malcolm, public restrooms, a million people go in there, the air doesn't move, the air is heavy, the virus is coming out of every orifice. And uh, I have to tell you, there's one paper published on this, that tried to exonerate public mm, restrooms. Wow. But when I talk to patients, and I ask them what contact could you possibly had? It almost always comes down to, yeah, I went to Walmart and I went to a public restroom. Or in Texas, we have Bucky's. I don't know if you have that. In I of- love Bucky's. Oh love my it. gosh, there has to be ten million people going to the Bucky's restroom. It must yeah, but theirs is clean
0: though. Theirs is clean. No. Well,
1: I will tell you what, Bucky's <laughs> has everything, and you're right; they do have good restrooms. But I do worry about just the sheer volume of it. Or or people who go to a football game. And it's an open air stadium, yeah. but at halftime, you go to the restroom.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're peeing out all their beer, which I don't drink beer. I hate that. It's just, it's a terrible beverage. Uh, but I'm uh, <laughs> getting a little grotesque there. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, well, you just learned something new with the restrooms and stuff. I didn't know that. Listen, uh, when I travel, I love the Bucky's thing uh, because it's so eclectic in there, don't you think? Uh, we, this sounds like an advertising spot for Bucky's. <laughs> It's but level.
1: Bucky's has its own subculture. You know, there's a subculture of people. They're on the road. They're truckers, long distance travelers, college kids. Almost everybody has to stop in there for something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll walk in next time with my Genesis fogger, and I'll. <laughs> Could you see what they would say? You know, they would flip and say, what are you doing, sir? What are you doing? I'm just cleaning the restroom for you, man. Oh, my God. we would get it all in here. This is really hysterical. All right. This next one's. we're going to plow through a bunch now. Here we go, friends. Put your seatbelt on. This next one's from Jeff. He says, I've been fighting multiple health problems with skin diseases to stress caused from the vaccine shot I received last September. I haven't been able to leave my home except on a handful of occasions for an hour at most due to the skin diseases I have. Wow. I've been on multiple shows like Stu Pe- Peters and Seabars, uh, but still no relief. Besides the treatments and ointments and lotions I've bought, there's still no relief. And I'm about to be facing eviction because I can't work. I can't even support my kids. Can you please let me know of any help or support for my situation? Have you ever heard of this from a vaccine shot? He's thinking.
1: Yes, there is a paper uh, published in uh, JAMA, and it has to do with this skin condition uh, that's called, especially if it's itchy. Now, we don't want to, you know, read too much into this, but the paper is by Anna Wolfson, and it's called Urticaria 12 Days After COVID-19 MRI Booster Vaccination. And this went on for months. This is a relentless, itchy rash. People can't even manage with this. And they had to use an advanced drug called omelivimab. Omalizumab, And so you may want to ask about this and ask about this urticaria. I'm sorry, it's called omalizumab. Omalizumab. Now, the perverse thing in this paper is they said after this poor woman got, you know, for months and months had to go on this expensive therapy to get over the rash, they told her to get ready for the booster. Wow. Can you imagine?
0: Insult to injury.
1: It's <laughs> just, it, it's a very, it says at the very end, She was counseled to increase her dose of non-sedating antihistamine starting three days prior to another vaccination. What is going on
0: with people, Peter? What's going on? that's,
1: That's a sign that the doctors are not thinking correctly. They're in mass formation. When the patient has a severe allergic reaction to a medicine, Malcolm, we never give it again. That's the whole reason why we document allergies.
0: Well not only not thinking but they're going beyond that they're, they're hurting people and they're and they're destroying lives is what they're doing that's that's the real problem you know uh, so, I don't know, This every time we turn around, there's more and more of this. Uh, this next one is from Poppy. She says, uh, first, may God richly bless you both for the tremendous service you're doing for humanity. Thank you, Poppy. My two unvaccinated sons, ages 12 and 14, had COVID in late February of this year. One was very mild and the other was asymptomatic. They are both healthy children. My husband says he still wants them vaccinated since the CDC says that natural immunity is gone after a few weeks. Or months. He is very much against the idea that natural immunity lasts indefinitely because he says this is not what the CDC. Uh, he says that is not what the CDC says, and the majority of the world's experts believe. That, uh, that we are not uh, and that we are not the experts so this is back to the psychosis you talk about all the time is where my brain is going right now uh, you know peter so he says yeah w- what can i tell him to show him that natural immunity lasts for a long time so he will not force my sons to be vaccinated by the way he does not accept that the vaccines cause any harm whatsoever dr mccullough what would you say
1: The Brownstone Institute summarizes, you know, close to 200 papers now supporting natural immunity. These boys are going to have protection against hospitalization and death uh, indefinitely. Now, could they get a mild future cold? And they're going to get colds in their life. It's going to be unlike, you know, any other cold. the vaccines have clear and present harm uh, for these boys. Uh, the FDA says the vaccines cause heart damage. It's unequivocal. They cause heart damage, and there's fatal cases of heart damage. So for these boys, there's no benefit of getting the vaccine, and there's a great risk of heart damage, which can be fatal. So the husband really needs to re-examine the, the data at hand.
0: Poppy, I hope that helps you. Uh, Paula says I received the following email that included a Dr. Peter McCullough video, but cannot tell when the video was made. Okay, this is this is interesting, and I just wanted to put this to rest because I know the answer to this, but I wanted Paula to know. In the video at 11:25, uh, Dr. McCullough states that you can't get COVID multiple times if you have natural immunity. It was my understanding uh, his belief had evolved after Omicron. That you're correct, Paula, and people with natural immunity could. Would get COVID multiple times. I suspect this is an old video, but would appreciate if you would please confirm what his current belief is regarding having COVID multiple times if you have natural immunity.
1: Yeah, it became known December 10th of 2021 that in fact Omicron broke through natural immunity. So now you can get it more than once. And you're right. We have to evolve with the science and good doctors do that.
0: Yeah, and I wa- I wanted to hear you say that because some people don't follow this as closely as we do and they may take the context, something you said before and take it out of context. You know what I mean? And I don't want to take it out of context. So yeah, the rules absolutely changed on this. Uh, Diane says, what is the current transmission rate average for this Omicron variant? In other words, if I am exposed, how many days should I expect symptoms if I had contracted the illness?
1: About three to five days. And that's the reason why you want to get going with cofix rx or another type of virucidal nasal spray because you have about three to five days to zap the virus before it takes off in the body
0: yeah. And by the way, there is a post on povidine iodine to be clear with everybody on America. It is the most uh, read story article uh, it, it, that we've had on the platform to be clear with you. So and, and it gets into the details. In fact, if I remember right, Dr. McCullough, you took that photograph on your counter. Right. Is that right?
1: Right. That's my that's my kitchen counter. And I have to tell you the most impressive thing about using povidone iodine is it reduces the contagiousness of the person. So someone who gets COVID-19 is gonna be PCR positive for as long as two weeks, Malcolm, with no treatment. With povidone iodine, uh, it knocks down the PCR positivity down to two to three days.
0: That's what we're talking about here. So that post on povidone iodine is on the front page under COVID resources. Let me explain on the left sidebar, Halfway down on the site, you'll see COVID resources. There's multiple things there from Dr. McCullough. Actually, there, They're there is a constant. They don't go away. They're there all the time for you. That's why there are resources. And also that post he mentioned earlier with uh, um, the name of it, uh, Kramer, um, Raw, what's the name of that post again?
1: Kramer, Raw, and Methudius. Those are the key studies showing harm when a COVID-recovered person takes the vaccine.
0: Yeah, Kramer, Raw, and Mathuricus, that is all on the front page as well. Uh, yeah, see, those are resources you have accessible, but the Povidine iodine is the key here. And that, that's uh, really what we're talking about here. Um, all right, so uh, with, with that said here, Uh, And I've totally lost my place here. Isn't that nice with the questions of where we were? Uh, This is a perfect time to take a quick pause, my fellow Americans, and I'll refine where I'm at because we need to take a little break anyways here. Uh, You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. Uh, We'll join you just on the episode.
1: There are microbes in the air and they're in your house and the Genesis Fogger is the solution. This is a mobile fogger that uses a unique technology to give a non-toxic dry mist to cleanse the air and cleanse your rooms of microbes, whether they be bacterial, fungal, or viral, including SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. So go to the Genesis Fogger website And use the promo code OUTLOUD for a discount on your purchase of the model and get going with a cleaner house as there could be more microbes on the way. We're concerned about not only the current pandemic, but future ones. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all.
1: You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose?
0: Join you back here on America Out Loud, Paul It is Malcolm Out Loud here, and along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, listen, uh, these programs uh, real quickly every day, uh, 5 p.m. As Dr. McCullough was just saying, Pauls, just remember 5 p.m. Eastern time now, but. You can hear it anywhere in the world or any time zone you're in on iHeartRadio. Uh, our apps, Apple, Android, or Alexa, great apps. Uh, just get the app. It's free. And the links for those are right on the front page of AmericaRotLoud.com, by the way. We also have a fantastic world-class media player. There's nothing like it. And it's, it's amazing. And that link is the Listen Live link button on the front page as well. There are many, many ways to listen to America Out Loud Talk Radio. All these shows go to podcasts. Uh, so again, five and 10 at, at 10 o'clock is the encore, by the way, every day on, uh, on the Mark talk radio. And, um, please let other people know about pulse. We've got some great shows and talent, Dr. Peter Bregan and, and Ginger Bregan are, uh, they're doing amazing work here. And, uh, Dr. Stuart, uh, uh T- Tankersley and Dr. Jordan Vaughn are doing amazing there on Tuesdays. Uh, Monday's Dr. Marilyn Singleton, love her. She's really knocking it out of the park here. And Dr. James Lyons-Weiler is on Friday. So, and of course, uh, Dr. McCullough and I here are on Wednesdays with you. Those are the live versions I just give you right there. And that lineup, if you go to uh, the NAV bar, America Out Loud Pulse under shows, uh, by the way, I should tell you that as well. You'll get all the shows on podcasts there, okay? Just go to the NAV bar, see shows, go to America Out Loud Pulse, and you can submit your question right there as well. You can actually pick the doctor. There's a drop-down menu. It's actually very sophisticated. We, uh, you almost look at it, you think you know. You'll actually think that we know what we're doing. It's amazing. You click the drop-down, and it will have the doctor there. You just click the doctor off, and they'll get the question, and they can answer that question on their show. Any of the doctors, okay? Please re- re- reach to any of them. They're all these. They're brilliant. Brilliant expertise here. So, all right. This one is from Heinz. Heinz. Uh, And it is, uh, I had a Pfizer shot in May 21 and had to go to the emergency room a week later. Um, Wow, got diagnosed with uh, pericarditis. Uh, Only now am I starting to feel better. So all that time has gone by since May 21. Wow. My question is, do you, now listen to this. This is crazy. My question is, do you recommend a second Pfizer shot? I mean, this is like, I fell off a bridge Do you recommend I fall off again a second?
1: (laughs) No, under no circuit. This is pretty serious because, um, you know, once somebody has one of these vaccine injury syndromes, let's take myocarditis or pericarditis, you know, you know that there's already been the proclivity for this demonstrated. You give more of the same substance, the chances of really getting in trouble. And let me tell you, when pericarditis gets very serious, there's fluid accumulation in the sac around the heart. It can crush the heart and cause death. Or worse, what can happen is pericarditis can become chronic. And then we can't stop it. It's called chronic pericarditis, Malcolm. There will be pain in the chest for the rest of his life. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. Heinz, don't do it. Don't do it. That's my advice. I mean, please. Uh, he, now, he, now he, he, here's, here's, here's the thing, though. The second part of his message, and, and, I, and I surely am not making fun of Heinz friends, but believe me, I just about passing out when people say, should I get a second one? And they have these emergencies and suffered for a year. I mean, the answer is no, clearly. But here, here's the, here's the real sin of all this. Here's the sin. And it is a sin. It's evil. And it makes me angry. He says I'm in Canada. you know you almost hear the music in the back that da you know. I I cannot leave the country. I have an older sister in Germany. I I can't even fly within Canada. I have to drive 4000 kilometers in August to attend my daughter's wedding. He said, this makes it hard for me to continue to resist this vaccination. He's only 57 years old, by the way, Dr. McCullough. I mean, this is what's sick about this. We're still this far down the road. We're two and a half years after this, this Wuhan virus. And now people are suffering and struggling and can't even live a normal life and travel or see their kids or spouses without getting injected to a life-ending shot. What's wrong with that picture?
1: It's, uh, it's basically coercion at its highest levels, uh, this individual is not expressing any desire to take one of these vaccines. In fact, he's being forced into it effectively to travel. And so when the side effects occur, these patients are so angry, because they knew it was wrong to take one of these.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really sad, incredibly sad, it shouldn't be happening. This next one's from Thomas. Uh, here in, in France, uh, many people have been forced to get vaccinated, to keep their jobs, says another one. And many regret it. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. And many regret it. Uh, They are anxiously looking for ways to neutralize these vaccines. Oh, boy. However, here, no one is suggesting any antidote. Have you heard of any treatment? And this question has come up quite a bit with you and I actually Doctor McCullough about an antidote. And you're saying there's no quick fix for this stuff once you put this evil stuff in your body. Is that correct? Or
1: to the World Council for Health, or now the flcc.net has some suggestions. You know, anecdotally, I try to narrow it down to a particular syndrome, neurologic, cardiovascular, immunologic, hematologic, and approach it that way. We know vitamins and supplements play a big role, but there are no proven treatments because there's no government recognition of the injury syndromes to, to get research funding.
0: Yeah. All right. So next one's from Raphael. I listen to your shows every week and keep on top of the latest. Uh, data and science, my partner is a 35 year old female who is thinking about taking Novavax because we have no early treatments available through doctors in the UK. Uh, she's taken the anti-convulsant, uh, she's taken L- uh for mood stabilization to treat bipolar. Uh, do you know of any associations between this medication and COVID-19 vaccine adverse events as I am especially concerned for her? I'm also wondering if taking the Lametrine uh, is linked to poorer COVID-19 outcomes in general. Um, it, uh, I know the medication does not ha- uh, have some effect on the immune system. I-, I know the medication does have some effect on the immune system, and there have been some problems with people taking other anti convulsions and the flu vaccine. What do you think?
1: Okay, so uh, if there's epilepsy and taking uh, lamotrigine, um, what the listener needs to know is uh, both COVID nineteen itself. And the vaccines could be a risk for having an epileptic seizure, far greater risk for the vaccines and actually lowering the seizure threshold and having troubles. The vaccines themselves independently can cause seizures in someone who's never had seizures. So my suggestion here is, is definitely stay away from the vaccines. Uh, but there could be a role for prophylaxis. Now, here you'd want to stay away from ivermectin because ivermectin can also lower the seizure threshold. The safe drug that we use, we actually use in uh, cerebral lupus, is actually hydroxychloroquine.
0: There you go. There's some great information for you, Raphael. And uh, and I also want to tell listeners, please, please understand. Everybody, this is not uh, medical advice we are giving you on these programs, any of them. Uh, these. This is educational purposes. You still need to consult with your own doctors and your own circle of influence, please. Uh, understand there's no way we can evaluate these things on air through, a, through an email. You understand that clearly. Uh, and it's important to say that. So luckily to date, we haven't had any problems, but we'd like to keep that track record going. Uh, this one's from Vanessa. Uh, mom, my, my mom is COVID positive as of yesterday, I'm reaching out on her behalf with concerns and for guidance. She is 63 years old and has diabetes, uh, and her health is not that great. Her PCP, her physician would not advise her to take Iver, would not advise her to take ivermectin and only prescribed the, um, Paxlovid, Paxlovid, right? Paxlovid? Doctor mm-hmm. McCullough, right? Okay, my husband and I took the ivermectin. As, uh, my husband and I took the ivermectin as well. And our oldest son and mother-in-law, we all recovered through the grace of God and the guidance of your brave, heroic doctors fighting the fight. Uh, but her doctor is fighting her on it. Wants her to take this uh, Paxlovid, uh, and not uh, the um, uh, the the other. What do you think about that?
1: I think Paxilovit is fine, provided she's not on too many other medicines. Paxilovit has a lot of drug interactions, uh, but it's three tablets twice a day for five days. I think it's perfectly fine. I wouldn't fight it. Uh, Some doctors uh, don't feel comfortable with ivermectin, but if they're prescribing Paxilovit, that's fine. Recently, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, and others took Paxilovit, and they did fine.
0: She didn't take ivermectin, you mean an HCQ? Don't even answer that. All right, the next one is from Tom. Everything's political. Everything's political. So uh, Tom says, is it possible for me to get ivermectin or HCQ in California? And the answer, and he's got a two-part here, and the answer to that is yes, you can. And I'll tell you where you can get it from. And Dr. McCullough, you correct me on this, but I just spoke to them this morning. In fact, myfreedoctor.com prescribes it. Is that correct, Dr. McCullough?
1: That's true. MyFreeDoctor.com prescribes it. We have updates. They're nearly ready to go with over-the-counter ivermectin in both Tennessee and New Hampshire. Really? Yeah, really? New Hampshire. And then many patients just order it bulk online. Uh, we, we can't um, uh, stand behind the quality of what comes in online, but many patients honestly go through Grant's pharmacy a reliable pharmacy. They just order it online and have a, a stockpile. It's, it's quickly going over-the-counter. So there shouldn't be any more tension with ivermectin in the United States. All
0: right, and and the MyFreeDoctor is a great resource. So uh, there it goes, myfreedoctor.com. So um, Tom also asked this, my wife and I are 60s, very healthy, wanted to be prepared for the next phase that may hit us. Also, is chlorine dioxide okay to take? I've heard three drops of part one, three drops of part two in a glass, wait 30 seconds, add four ounces of water and drink twice a day? Wow.
1: Let me just uh, give an update on chlorine dioxide. Chlorine dioxide is a camper's method of sterilizing water. So if you get stream water, Malcolm, it can have giardia. It can have other microbes in it. And uh, it's typically, uh, there is a base mineral, then there's an activator. So two different bottles. So for a liter of water, if you're out camping, the instructions are 23 drops of each for a liter. Uh, Some have uh, attempted to just go with a glass of water. And you know, three to five drops of each in a glass of water. Now the question is, why would you want to purify water that's already purified? Some have done it for medicinal purposes, and uh, there's emerging research uh, with this. Uh, Mayo Clinic and others sharply advised to not do this at home. But I, you know, I am keeping an open mind to this as emerging research moves forward. It does have antimicrobial properties.
0: Okay. All right. I'm glad we got that in. I'm going to just, we're going to sneak just a couple more in uh, before we lose time here. And this one is from Amanda. Uh, This is an interesting one. I'm positive uh, for COVID uh, and breastfeeding a seven month old baby. Is there any contradictions uh, for the higher zinc and quercetin dosages?
1: My advice there is I would go probably this uh, breastfeeding mothers have in a mild case. I would probably suspend everything and just go natural on this. It's, it sounds like it's very low risk if it's Omicron.
0: Okay. Uh, Kylie says I was wondering if you could shed any light on COVID and CLL. My mother has been at stage uh, zero CLL for six years, and her daughter has her terrified of COVID 19. Any info to help show the truth of how COVID affects uh, CLL patients would be amazing. She and my father deserve their golden years. Uh, Do you know anything about
1: that? You know, CLL probably is a risk for worsened COVID outcomes. I mean, this one I think is uh, legitimate. Now, it's clear that uh, CLL as a blood disorder puts somebody at very high risk for vaccination. And uh, there has now been about a dozen studies in people like this. They get no benefit from the vaccines. I mean, they basically don't get even any antibodies from the vaccines. So uh, no benefit for the vaccines. Uh, high risk for COVID-19. So here we'd want to have the prevention measures in place we've already discussed.
0: All right, perfect. Well, my friends, that is fitting in as much into an hour program that we possibly could. We got to a lot of questions, a lot of information, a lot of resources. Uh, Please uh, take care of yourself, uh, find the right treatments, the right uh, things that work for you, of course. These are all suggestions and ideas, naturally. Uh, And any of the partnerships back at americareoutloud.com as well uh, are are there for you as resources as well as great information. Uh, Thank you for being part of the mission here. As always, it's time to get involved and Get Loud America.